Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Around a century ago, the Shannon hydroelectric scheme supplied a newly fledgling Irish state with electricity. It was transformative and it echoes to this very day. Now, a task force has reported about using Limerick, the Shannon, indeed the entire West Coast to what they believe will transform Ireland's economic development once again. And let's hear what Tisha Cleavoradkar had to say about this project. It's about offshore wind energy uh, generating electricity. Really visionary piece of work in my view. And um, what we want to do here uh, in the Shan Estuary region is to make this the green digital powerhouse for the country. I'm determined that we get it started right away, and that's why uh, I was very keen to be here personally uh, to launch the report, but also to be here with my ministerial colleagues to show that it is very much uh, going to be a whole of government approach uh, to realising the potential of this of this region for the benefit of the whole country and indeed uh, for Europe as a whole. Right, so the launch of that report happened at Ardna Crusha for good historical reasons over the weekend. Uh, and it wasn't just the Taoiseach Leo Varadkar who uh, attended, but also uh, the Minister for the Environment, Eamon Ryan, who's the Green Party leader, the Minister for Enterprise, Simon Coveney, the Education Minister, Norma Foley, uh, Local Minister, Kieran O'Donnell, and TD Senators and Mayors from counties across the Shannon Estuary. So you could see that there was uh, a major political push behind the launch of this report and the chair of the Shannon Estuary Economic Task Force Barry O'Sullivan has chatted to us before while the report was being uh, prepared but he's now in the studio again. Uh, Good morning to you Barry how are you? Good morning Joe. Um, So the sense I have is that and, and Leo Varadkar used the expression visionary that this is what your report was but we have to grasp this to make that vision a reality. Yes, that's true. Uh, so the first thing I suppose to say, um, the first thing to say, Joe, is that you know this is a long-term plan. In our economic task force report, we've looked at some short and medium-term things, um, and we've also then looked at this opportunity as a long-term opportunity. Now, um, the what's changed here is the technology has now become available to to enable the harvesting of of uh, wind in the Atlantic by using floating wind turbines. That technology wasn't there five years ago, ten years ago. right? So that's the, that's the game changer. So what we're looking at is... And let's be clear now, because I think this is important. Wave technology is also something to be looked at, but the tech is nowhere near as advanced as it is for nowhere wind. Nowhere near, nowhere near, right? Um, there are floating offshore wind um, installations now in Scotland and in, in Portugal and in, in um, France. And there is a large farm going to be built off South Korea in 2027. So the technology, by the time we are ready, which will be 2032, the technology will be mature. Ready in what sense by 2032? Well, we have a lot of work to do, right? And in the in the report, we've laid out the plan and how to do that. And that plan has been agreed now between the government departments and the major international offshore wind developers. So we've got them all around the table and we've got a, a plan that lays out what has to be done to get power onshore by 2032. Are there an awful lot of hurdles to get over, including regulatory and planning hurdles? There, there's a lot of work to be done, but it's not anything that other countries ha, you know, are not doing or haven't done already. Right? There's, no, there's no going to the moon here in that sense. Right? Other countries are doing this, um, but there is a lot of coordination 
Um, and that's why we've laid out a plan, we'll say, like a critical path, like really what has to get done in the next step, in the next step. And the it's laid out in three parts. Uh, one is the government policies and, and uh, regulatory systems that need to be put in place. The second thing then is infrastructure. So, for example, port infrastructure and so on. Uh, grid infrastructure and the third piece then is the work the developers themselves have got to do. The Shannon Estuary, i.e. Limerick as the mm-hmm. main city mm-hmm. of the region, can be, in your view, the epicentre of yes. this. Yes, absolutely. Um, and we've actually called for the creation of a national floating offshore wind development agency, like an Enterprise Ireland or an IDA for, for this, because it's so big. And we've actually asked that that agency be located in Limerick, right? And the reason for that is there are three uh, areas off the coast that the government is targeting. One is off Kinsale, the other Loop Head, and the other one is off Kitty Beggs. Um, now, we see Limerick as the central point to, th- to those three in Dublin. And also, it, um, the industry want to locate their manufacturing in, sh- in Foynes, right? Because of deep water, sheltered water, store- storage and so on, right? So this agency needs to be customer facing and the customers are going to be in Foynes. We need to build the machinery, in essence, yes. and we need to get it to the point offshore and establish and set it up, and that's all complex and takes a lot of people mm-hmm. and a lot yep. of technology and a lot of money, yeah. and then get it working mm-hmm. and so you can bring the energy onshore, spread it around the country, and indeed into the European Union. That's yes. the essence of this, right? Yeah, and more than that, actually, right? And and, and the real prize, like there's a massive industry in getting the, the wind... Uh, turbines on, out, right? Because they have to manufacture barges and equipment and all of that. Um, and it can, and the unlike, we'll say, on land where they take all the parts and assemble it on site, you have to assemble the whole thing at the port and move it out as one, right? Tow it out. Now, the big prize though is when you bring all this energy on shore. Now, all the things you can do that, um, and you can so we can attract industries now, and we can create Irish industries that we that we probably couldn't do before, such as. Well, lots of things, right? Uh, so green fertilizer, for example, right? You know, probably post twenty fifty, a lot of fertilizer won't be won't be allowed to be made from gas anymore, natural gas, right? So, um, the, uh, green electricity will be used to uh, split t- uh, water into hydrogen and oxygen. You make fertilizer, right? Methanol for the global maritime industry, sustainable av- aviation fuels. So, there's industries that need deep water access, and we're saying put those on the estuary. Now, there are other industries, like high-tech industries, like data centres, cheap manufacturing plants, and so on, um, that will just need large amounts of green power, and we can attract those now in a way that we couldn't before. And I mentioned Shannon at the epicentre, but your report points out that this could be, I think it was described as the green front door of Europe, the west coast of Ireland, Mm -hmm. that from Donegal right around to West Cork, this could make a difference to people's lives and to job creation. In parts of the country where, at the moment, you know, they're feeling that impact, aren't they? The yes. Industries are leaving. Yes, absolutely. The, um, now, you know, the, the, the estuary is the ideal place to manufacture the wind turbines and put them out to sea, right? And there's a whole lot of industries then that would be needed to support all of that, right? Um, now, what we're saying is when the power comes on shore, then you could create a, an Atlantic Green Digital Corridor, if you will, right, between Cork and Donegal that's inland of the Wild Atlantic Way 
right? Um, and here now you can locate all of these industries that will come for green power and Irish companies that can be started up to do the same thing, right? Um, and initially we're saying start it out from this region because here we have high voltage distribution networks. We'll say we have the two 400 kV lines from Money Point to Dublin and so on, right? We have, um, we have a motorway network and so on. So what we're saying is started out from here but it can be expanded then as the infrastructure is put in place so for example we need the motorway from Cork to Limerick right and so on right so as infrastructure is put in place then this this um, in these industries can be can be expanded and, out and as you know we've heard for a very long time decades they've talked about this counter pole to Dublin of yes. Galway Limerick, Cork and then people start talking about Waterford you're now talking about all the way up the west coast and for, for very yeah. good reason. Now, uh, at the risk of getting my head chopped off by listeners, the Irish state is capable of vision. A hundred years ago, we mentioned the hydroelectric Mm. at Arden Crusha. You know, T.K. Whitaker and Sean Lamass is an example. European Union membership and everything that's flowed from that, you know, entering the euro. A a lot of contentious debate around it. It is capable of it. Will they do it here? Because if they don't, and if we don't get European Union support, those other countries that are already ahead of us, we could be left well behind. We could. Now, I suppose the reasons to be optimistic, right? Um, the first thing is, you know, the level of support we've had over the 15 months when we were doing the work has been fantastic, to be honest, right? Right across government, right? We, we've spent the last two months talking to all the government agencies, working with the plan, and we, because we promised the Taoiseach a plan that was implementable, right? Uh, so we have alignment with, with a lot of the agencies. Um, the second thing is there's huge interest in Europe, um, and already we'll say we have, um, you know, representatives, ambassadors from various European countries visiting the region because there are only really two large sources of... of non-fossil fuel based energy in Europe right one is the the wind off the north uh, northwest of Europe shall we say right the North Sea and the Atlantic and the best of the wind is here and the second thing is solar around the Mediterranean and in the long term they will be the two and it's energy security as well yes so and it's energy security and energy independence right Um, there's the, we'll say Bechtel did a study, a large US engineering company, they did a study that identified 70 gigawatts of power, which is about 12 times the Irish demand, right? immediately available out there, you know, just to go and get it with the, with the known technology. And there's about 10 times that again in theory. In Irish so what is models. the very next step, Barry? And is it going to happen? Well, that's why we put together the plan, right? So we, we have a plan that's laid out that, that the Department of Environment and, and other departments have agreed with. We took four major floating offshore wind developers um, and we've laid out now exactly what's got to happen by, you know what I mean, by my month out to 2032 to get power on shore. Um, the, that's why we're calling for the agency to manage all of that because for an individual developer, there's about 14 different government departments to deal with. Right, and they need support. They need help. Right, in the same way that, you know, um, a local an, an Irish company would deal with Enterprise Ireland. Right, um, the um, so they need a one a one stop shop, which is actually called out in the European legislation that for as well. Right, so um, so we think we think there's great there, there is cross party support on this. Right, we've been very encouraged by what we see, um, and we, uh, the Taoiseach has taken our report. He's he publicly promised at the meeting that he would. In, um, create a group of senior officials to review it 
and and come back to us, right? So we are, you know, okay. quite optimistic. Well, we look forward to talking to you again about this because obviously you're going to remain interested in it, to put it mildly. Chair of the Shannon Estuary Economic Task Force report, the full report published at the weekend, uh, and uh, we will see how it progresses, but certainly it has enormous potential. I don't think there's any question about that. Barry O'Sullivan, thank you for coming in. Really appreciate your time. Thanks, Joe. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with